Hey, everybody, it's Rebecca with Dollars and Cents with Clinch Powell. We're so glad that you joined us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about everything Fair Housing Act. And for a lot of folks, we just don't understand it. And myself included, I'm not a guru, but we have our guru with us today, Sabrina Seaman, who's a, a colleague here at Clinch Powell. So thank you, Sabrina, for joining us. I didn't know I had a choice. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we have some very, very amazing subject matter experts here on the Clinch Powell staff. Uh, our earliest earlier episode, we had Ronald Lambert from the Nature Conservancy, had, who has a wealth of knowledge around co the conservation work. And, and Sabrina is our guru when it comes to fair housing, the Fair Housing Act. So we're going to learn a little bit what it means, what people can do if they feel like they're uh, being discriminated against. So this year, I did see on social media that uh, HUD is celebrating it's the 55th year of the Fair Housing Act. So Sabrina, first, before we get into all that, let's talk about you. And how long have you been here at Clinch Powell? What do you do at Clinch Powell? And all that kind of good stuff. Um, guru, strong word. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no pressure. Um, I have been with Clinch Powell. I just celebrated my um, 11th work anniversary. So I've been here for 11 years. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, I've done different things. I've used to be over property management and mm -hmm. that kind of, I'll touch into that um, a little bit later, but mm -hmm. um, I've, the, regardless of what my title has been, a lot of what I've done has been around program compliance, mm -hmm. mostly with our housing programs. Awesome. So how did you get to be the fair housing guru? Did you go through training? Have you been through educational things to learn about fair housing? Yes. Um, I've been through multiple fair housing uh, trainings. Um, that's something, since Clinch Powell is a HUD-approved housing counseling agency, mm -hmm. um, we have a duty to affirmatively further fair housing, meaning that, you know, we have, if we hear that there is housing discrimination, if someone comes to us, then, you know, we're going to help them, direct them where to go, give them the information that they need, mm -hmm. and um, and then we're also going to promote the Fair Housing Act by doing things like a podcast yeah. or, yeah. Um, or putting out literature um, just to make people more aware so they're empowered to advocate for themselves. And that's really what we're about. We're advocates here at Clinch Powell, and we want to make sure that we're advocating for those who don't have this information, right? Mm -hmm. I know for myself, I was in a situation several years ago and me and my teenage daughter, she's an adult now. Thank goodness we survived. But uh, she was a teenager at the time. And we lived in, it definitely, I, I'm sure I probably had a fair housing uh, violation. I mean, the way there was no con written contract. I don't know if that's part of it, but we'll get into that. There was no, there was substandard flooring in the house. Um, the water was getting cut off, although I was paying him rent. But he kept the water in his name and it was getting cut off all the time. You know, and so... I didn't stay there long, needless to say, because I don't know if that's fair housing or not, but we can talk about it. But we know that it's 55 years uh, years old. The act is 55 years old this year. So what? how did this come about? What, what drove our country to have this Fair Housing Act? Why did it come about? And who is it for specifically? Um, well, this, uh, the Fair Housing Act, what we call it, is um, part of Title VIII of the Civil okay. Rights Act of 1968. It had four protected classes. Um, race, color, religion, 
and national origin. Okay. And then in subsequent years, additional acts and amendments were passed in 174, 188, that then hmm. brought gender, age, and persons with disabilities gotcha. under the fair housing um, umbrella. So those are our seven uh, protected classes awesome. of people. And there's additional laws out there that mm -hmm. are not specifically tied to the Fair Housing Act, but do impact housing, okay. um, uh, Violence Against Women Act, um, the Service Member Protection Act. Okay. Um, so, and then different states may have some additional sure. protections beyond that. So probably in my situation, it probably wasn't a fair housing violation because he didn't discriminate me based upon those, any of those classes. He didn't discriminate against me based on that. He was just a slumlord. Is there yeah. a difference between yes. having a bad landlord and actually fair right. housing violations? Yes. Okay. Um, it would be if he if he only um, was a slumlord to a person because they're a protected class. That gotcha. that would be where was discrimination. To, yeah, that just sounds like a bad landlord. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was it was it was it but, it, but it, if he was know. a bad landlord to everyone yeah. equally, then there's no fair housing violation. violation. Yeah. Maybe some building codes, but mm -hmm. you know, but. yeah. Yeah. It, I think, yeah. And I think a lot of times people, you know, and that's why education is so important, right? Because people, if if you're informed, knowledge is power. So if we're informed when we go into these rental situations, then we know what our rights are, right? right. And so so what do we do here at Clinch Powell? So what do we do to help people that may be experiencing some of these fair housing violations that maybe they know they've been discriminated against because of their gender or their religion or their, their color or race or whatever? What, what well, can they do? Well, um, well, again, um, we we will help anyone get to get the information they need to file a complaint mm -hmm. if that's what they need to do. We'll talk to anybody to kind of figure out the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, and not just with HUD, we also have the Tennessee Human Rights Commission here as well. Okay. Okay. So it's really just about empowering people, giving them the information about the act and then directing them where they can go if, you know, they really feel that there has been, in fact, an act of discrimination. discrimination. And so how can, how can we prevent it? Can, is there anything we can do to prevent it, do you think? I mean, can individuals prevent it? Do we educate landlords to prevent it? Like, what's our prevention piece? Is it possible? Well, it's just, um, it's community education. And for people outside of, um, you know, as I said, Clinch Powell, we have, you know, we have a directive. You know, we have an ethical obligation to, yes. um, to, affirmatively further fair housing. Sorry, I have to say that very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's kind of um, hard. Uh, and inform people of their rights. But, um, you know, people that are not, because the Fair Housing Act is not just about rental. It applies to all spectrum of the housing profession. Mm -hmm. So um, it's all of our responsibilities uh, to uh, to do what's right and not to discriminate. But, um I think what other housing professionals or landlords that are outside of, you know, housing counseling agency, yeah. uh, I think the most important thing they can do is to educate themselves. Right. Um, it's not uh, adults. We hear things like, oh, great. 
this is just more stuff I have to do or I'm in trouble, but it's not, it's mm -hmm. not a free for all, but educating yourself, you know, protects you. Yes. It protects you from, you know, someone filing a complaint. Right. Um, and, and it's, um, and it's to be also then patient and, um, I think patient and understand with our own selves. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one, you know, no one is perfect. Right. No one is perfect. Right. And, um, and if someone has been discriminated against in multiple situations, you know, they get turned down for something else, mm -hmm. you know, it, because of that lived experience, yeah. whether it was because they're a member of a protected class or not, it may feel that way. Exactly. So to um to be very transparent with your policies your procedures because mm -hmm. nobody can read your mind That's and right. know what your intent is mm -hmm. um yeah so <laughs> i mean but that's yeah. kind of a thing because <laughs> yeah. i've been in enough uh landlord fair housing trainings where you know someone starts talking like from legal aid <laughs> and they and they're you can just see a went right and I would imagine, I mean, and I remember now that you said it's not just landlords and it's not just rentals. Mm -hmm. There have been, and in, in historically there were uh, things that were happening, I think, pre-68. And this may have driven the fair housing when there were lots of people discriminated against based on race and they were put in specific areas. They would only give loans to folks in specific areas. Yeah, and the redlining issues. So that a lot of that kind of drove this work. So, so if you're going to... And I, I really appreciate what you said. If you had life experiences where you literally have been discriminated against, whether because of your 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 gender, whether because of your religion, your race, whatever, and then you go and it might feel like it, but it really isn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because that person isn't knowledgeable. So I think it's it's important to echo what you said to educate ourselves as homeowners, as home buyers. As, as tenants, as landlords, whatever capacity we are in the housing realm to be educated so that we don't, maybe we, we're not being discriminatory, right? As a landlord, say I'm a landlord. I'm not being discriminatory, but I'm using language that might feel discriminatory, right? Mm -hmm. Based upon that person's life experience. So educating ourselves, whatever, you know, if we're the one, you know, buying the home or selling the home or whatever, just educating ourselves so that right. we're informed. And it, yeah. And it's like, and we're all we are all capable of having biases that we don't realize. Absolutely. And the important thing is for anyone is to focus on the transaction, mm -hmm. not how we envision the person on the other end of it. Yeah. Examples of, you know, where there's discriminatory language in advertising. Um, you can really tell the person writing it has like a vision of what the, the, the family or the person looks mm -hmm. like or acts like that's right. going to buy the unit. It's like, don't, if the transaction is what matters, mm -hmm. then who's ever on the other side of it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, property mm. management. I really don't care as long as they pay their <laughs> rent and take care of the property. Who cares? Yeah. You know, about, um, mm. so that's something else is to really focus on the transaction right. itself. Mm -hmm. And we've um, seen, here in national news, uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, that a lot of uh, early housing discrimination was right. around home purchase. Yes. We do think about it a lot with rental. Yeah. Um, 
But um, here recently in the national news, we've seen where it's come out and there has been a racial bias in the appraisal process. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, so it still does go on, mm -hmm. whether people mean to or not, mm -hmm. it still happens. And yeah. um, wow, and, and I was thinking as you were as you were talking about um, one time I was looking for a rental. I lived in Ohio in a large urban area, and I was calling. And I have an accent, if you all can't tell, but I can turn it off, mm -hmm. and I can really homogenize my voice, right? And so the first time I called, I was just being me and just talking. They said there wasn't a unit available. And I just got this feeling in my gut. I was like, huh. And then I called back with my homogenized voice. It doesn't have any type of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, pitch or anything. And they say, yeah, we've got a unit. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And this was way before I got into housing. But I remember that when you were saying that, I remember that distinctly that I called and then called back and like blocked my number or something so they couldn't see it. And then they said they had it. So as you can imagine, if a person with a country accent or a Southern accent is discriminated against, you can imagine what else they're going to discriminate. You know, someone with a foreign accent called, you know what I mean? If they have biases and things like that. So just to reiterate, I mean, and to reinforce what you're saying, ed educate ourselves on, you know, how we respond to folks. And, you know, we, here at Clinch Powell, we're a home, you know, we build homes, we sell homes, we rent homes. And so we are very proud of the fact that we have an outstanding record of, you know, treating people fairly and non-discriminatory, you know, mm -hmm. like we, we treat, we are, you know, as a HUD housing counseling agency, like, like you said, we have an obligation to do the right thing and to do the right thing and understanding this Fair Housing Act. And that's why we're so glad that you understand it so well. So what if, a, what if, a, where should a person go to, to learn about the Fair Housing Act, to learn more about this, to educate themselves and empower themselves? Um, I, I could rattle up a phone number or website, but nobody is going to actually write that down. So just go to HUD.gov. Yeah, there you go. And put it in the search bar. It'll come right up or Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Google is our friend. So what, uh, I mean, what do you want to, what do you want to leave folks with uh, now that it's 55 years? And, you know, I'm a big history person. So we've been at this 55 years and we still have issues. We know as a country, there's still issues happening. So so what do you want to leave, like a, a message to those who are listening to really to kind of, so we don't have to keep dealing with this for 55 more years. What, if you could, as a housing professional and a fair housing advocate, what would you leave with folks so we can make a dent in this and that it doesn't happen so much? Um, I don't, I don't know if perfection is ever actually achievable, achievable right but that's why it's important to continue talking about it it's never just oh that doesn't happen anymore like i said national news and uh supreme court cases yeah. have shown that it still happens um so just to educate yourself further because I might be the fair housing guru at Clinch Pal, but I am not the end all be all mm -hmm. um, by any means. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to legal aid, you can go to the Tennessee Human Rights Commission, HUD.gov. There is a wealth of information. Mm -hmm. Department of, of Justice and HUD put out um, joint uh, policy statements to clarify and expand rights. Nice. I mean, there's a wealth of information out there, and knowledge is power. Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. So 
Again, thank you, Sabrina, for joining us. I appreciate it. What uh, what I would like to encourage you all to those websites. I'll put that in the in the uh, episode description as well, and we can uh, you know continue to share this information. So, like this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, and share it with the people that you know that would be interested in learning more about Fair Housing Act because this is our job and this is what we do, and we're really super excited to celebrate this 55th year of the Act. And that we have, you know, we still have work to do, but that we're continuing to, to do the good work. So uh, check us out on our uh, at our website, www.clinchpal.net. You can check us out on all social media platforms. We're also, we have a link, a link tree now. So you can check us out on Facebook on a link tree. We're, we're really coming along. And so we're super excited. We're super grateful for Sabrina and all the knowledge she brings, but also for you for watching this podcast, sharing it and subscribing. All right. Until next time, we'll see you.